Divorces are spiking during the coronavirus pandemic up 34% and newlyweds are the hardest hit. We'll talk about it with Rocket Years author and our co-host today, Liz Segrin. It is Wednesday, October 14th. Let's talk money with our friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebell, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. Hi, I'm Liz Segrin. I am the author of The Rocket Years, How Your 20s Launched the Rest of Your Life. And uh, I'm also a staff writer at Fast Company Magazine. And I'm coming to you from my <laughs> my attic home office here right outside Boston. With professional lighting, you have an amazing setup, Liz. So everyone should definitely be joining us on YouTube to see what a great setup you have. You look amazing in your pink blazer, all the good stuff. All right, let's get back to the open. Here on Many with Friends, we talk about the latest personal finance headlines and the insights. We add in the insights and wisdom of our fantastic cast of thought leaders like Rocket Years author, Liz Segrin. And we mix in questions and comments from our money friends and leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Liz, welcome back. We had an amazing first show on Tuesday and we're so happy to have you with us again. Thank you so much for having me. So you're the author of The Rocket Years, which we did talk about on Tuesday's show. So now let's pivot a little bit and talk about the work you do now. I mean, you, you're a staff writer, senior staff writer at Fast Company. You also write for other magazines, other uh, publications and so on. And one topic that really interests you is how the coronavirus has impacted and financially imp- Im- impacted um, relationships. Yes, that's right. I'm actually working on a story um, about dating during the pandemic. Um, and that's made me think a lot about, um, you know, relationships more broadly and the span of relationships. Um, one thing that has been clear in my reporting is that it is actually very hard for a lot of people to date right now, um, for obvious reasons. Um, but I think the overarching thing that has come out of all, you know, the reporting that I've done and all the people that I've spoken to is that, Dating is just slower now, and it just takes a lot longer to get to know somebody because you can't meet quickly, right? So you have to do all of these, um, these dates online, and, um, and 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 you're texting for a long time, and then when you when you eventually take the risk of meeting in person, that m- might not work out. Like there there are a lot of people who, when they actually meet in person, they realize that they're not really that compatible, right? One person yeah. said. I just didn't like how this other person smelled like something as basic as pheromones, for instance. Right. Um, and so that, so that's interesting. Uh, it was interesting to me because, um, this is going to have a ripple effect on people's lives because if, if this is a two year period, for instance, or a year and a half where people aren't able to date the way that they would like, it's possible that it will also push, push ahead, right? A lot of the other things that they're trying to do, like get married and start families. So we're seeing that on the beginning part of the relationship, this is having ripple effects. Um, But then, you know, on the other hand, the people who are already in relationships, as we're seeing with these headlines, are having other struggles, um, where it's just very, very hard to be dealing with all the stress that we're dealing with, and living in such close quarters and with no ways to meet other people or get out. Um, it, this is putting a lot of pressure on relationships in every possible way. Very well said. Hold that thought. Let's see which one of our friends is going to lead us into today's headline. What's good? This is Rich from Paychecks and Balances. It's time for today's headlines only at 
Money with Friends. All right. So the headline we're going to discuss is actually from the New York Post. It is by Elizabeth Rosner. The headline is U.S. divorce rates skyrocket amid COVID-19 pandemic. Divorce rates have spiked during the coronavirus pandemic. The number of people looking for divorces was up. 34% um, March through June compared to 2019, according to new data collected from legal templates. Um, The combination of stress, unemployment, financial strain, death of loved ones, illness, it just goes on and on, homeschooling children, mental illness, and more has put a significant strain on relationships. They also found that newlyweds took the hardest hit. 20% of couples who sought divorce who were married within the past five months or less doubling the rate of the previous year and the number of life insurance policies and payouts required in divorce settlements soared as well. And I wanted to mention that because there's a cost to this. Divorce is not cheap. I mean, people talk about the wedding industry. I'm in the divorce business. Oh my goodness. It is expensive. And I I, I think that there's just a lot of costs at every stage of this, right? I mean, we're talking about like moving in together and then moving out again. Uh, you know, consolidating all of your stuff and then like, you know, separating all of that. Um, It has to do with things like, um, you know, making all of these plans, right, to, um, you know, about your joint income that suddenly you don't work anymore when you're a single person. Um, And and, and the unemployment thing, I think, is really huge. There, There are a lot of people who are dealing with um, issues surrounding their jobs, right? Whether they're getting pay cuts, they're, you know, some people are unfortunately um, getting laid off. Um, and so really, this is a time when being in an economy of scale with another person is just so valuable and, and helpful to getting through this period. And not having that, um, it just makes it that much harder, right? Uh, you just have your less resource. Um, so I think this is this is really tragic and sad, uh, but also like hugely relatable. I mean, I am married. I have a child who's four. Um, we all feel like we're going crazy many days, you know. So I I, I, I totally get it. Yeah. I mean, look, just in between um, recordings here today, I've had my son come out and it's a school holiday. He doesn't need his his stuff, but he came out and was interrupting me. And I'm saying I'm working and he doesn't really understand that because here I am right in our living room, dining room, kitchen area. So he doesn't necessarily see the boundaries. And it's really hard to have this blending of your work and your life and your, not only your romantic relationships, but your parenting relationships, because there's no boundaries and you're together all the time that it's really putting so much stress on these relationships. I mean, 34%, that's a lot. Well, and another thing that has come up through all of my reporting about relationships is that, you know, we're all also dealing with a lot of ambient stress that was not even there before. I mean, relationships have always been hard. Um, Parenting has always been hard. Now we're doing it in a confined space. And that's one level of stress, which is horrible and terrible. But then there's also just like the ambient stress, right, of reading Mm -hmm. the newspaper every day, Um, you know, just trying to get through um, everyday life is just really hard. And so I, I just think that we, many of us just don't have a fuse. Um, there are, our fuse is very short right now, right? And like, we're just kind of not able to, to deal with all of this anxiety and all of this stress. Um, and it's just coming out in the way that we're treating the people that we love the most, our, you know, our significant others. And I also think that you know, I think that it was always actually the first couple of years of marriage were always like the most tenuous and the most difficult to get through. Um, in my case, you know, I uh, got married in 2012. So uh, we, we, we started this, you know, 
um, like having, and, and we, you know, we've been together for, for many years. Um, and it hasn't been great. I mean, there have been many, this is, this has not been, I, I can look back at all of the years that we've been married, married, and there's some good years and there's some bad years where we're just like at each other's throats a lot. This will go down, I think, is not a great year. Uh, this will have been a year where we were not simpatico, not on the same page. But I think it's easier for those of us who have been together longer because we can kind of look at the history of our relationship and see the ups and downs. I think when you're just starting out, you don't know whether this is the norm, whether this is going to be life for you forever. And I can imagine that being really terrifying and feeling like you just need to escape because it's just so unpleasant, you know? Yeah, because when you're first married, suddenly you're like on the longest date ever and you're just with this person all the time. In this situation, certainly with coronavirus, you're suddenly quarantined with this person and you don't have in the same way, the same other outlets for whatever it is. You know, if you want to just ha have a conversation with one of your girlfriends, it's not always the same because you can't get together in person. And I think that it's important um, to put that in perspective. Um, and also, you have these other layers. You have the homeschooling children. You have the fact that, you know, you're not only, if you're not experiencing financial strain yet, you worry about experiencing financial strain. And we know that money is something that couples very often do split up over. So you're now this conversation has been amplified. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I think that it's just, it's just like the perfect storm of stress, right? Like, so some, something as simple as like figuring out like groceries, like, you know, like how are you, are you going to pay more to have groceries delivered? Like just, there, there are all of these cost considerations that you, you're, you're beginning to talk about as a couple now that maybe you weren't really thinking about before. And I, and I, it's just, it's the little things that will kill a relationship, right? Like, you know, it's just, it's the, the slow buildup of being annoyed at your partner because he did this one thing in the morning. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> as the day goes on, you like can't put it behind you. You know, it's that, that is the reality of relationships. Right. And mm -hmm. just, it's hard. And, and I mean, you're talking about parenting too. I mean, I think, you know, now historically in the past, um, you know, my husband and I split up our parenting responsibilities, right? Because one of us would go out for a walk and the other person would be the parent at home and look after our child. I would go off on a business trip and, you know, my husband would be in, in charge of watching our daughter. Now we're co-parenting all the time and we don't always agree about, you know, the best way to deal with a situation, right? And, um, and yeah, it's just very, it's just scrutinizing each other's behavior all the time. It's just not a healthy situation to be in. No, it is not a healthy situation. And it's interesting. I think I, we did put a question out to our Instagram audience. I was very surprised at the answer. And I can only put it in some context that the study um, that was in this New York Post article, um, that data is from March through June. And we did look for more recent pieces. Um, and this is this was really one of the more recent pieces that I could get in terms of the writing coming out. Now we asked them on Instagram, has your relationship gotten better or worse through the pandemic? So it was up 34% kind of in the initial phase of the pandemic. Now we're kind of moving through to this new normal phase. What do you think our audience said? I, 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 I can imagine that if people have kind of gotten through the worst of it and adapted to the new situation, that they might be kind of getting to a point where their relationship is even stronger, but if they made it through it. So, so I think it's possible that six months in, 
those that have not already divorced are doing pretty good. I don't know. That that's my hypothesis. Was that yeah, you know, yeah, you totally nailed it because that's what I was kind of thinking. I was really surprised. We did get a pretty good amount of people voting, and we did have ninety percent said you, their relationship has gotten better through the pandemic. And I do think there's something to be said for that because when you go through difficult experiences, it either breaks you or makes you stronger, which is probably some song line somewhere, right? That. I'm missing, but it kind of is true because if you didn't get divorced in the sort of first wave, maybe you're realizing how compatible you are, that you can get through this together and be a support for each other. So I think that's a nice, nice sentiment. Hold that thought. It is time for takeaways, my friend. What's your takeaway for our listeners here? So one interesting thing that I learned is that for many couples who were on the verge of divorce, um, and just decided to stick it out, right? They just decided to suck up <laughs> all of their anxieties, just barrel through it. Um, and they, they compared that group to people who then, who actually did get divorced. Right. And what they found is that people several years later, like five years later, the, the couple that, that actually stayed together through that tough time actually felt like happier generally um, with their relationship and just with their life, right? And the people who who split up, that created new problems, right? So, so maybe they quickly, you know, got rid of one big issue in their life, but then they, they had to deal with all of the kind of ripple effects of, of ending that relationship. And so what I've taken away from that is that there are times, and, and, and based as, as well on the, on the conversation that we've just had, is that sometimes when things are really, really bad, it might make sense to just kind of figure out a way to barrel through it, to just give yourself like a few more months to just like kind of work your way through this and see how you feel on that other side. Because I think for a lot of people, it's when you're so overwhelmed and you're feeling all of these emotions, it feels like the easiest thing to do and the best thing to do is just to end things without realizing all of the ripple effects, financial and otherwise, that will happen because of the divorce that you're not seeing right now because all you want is to get out, right? Um, so I think that that's, that's, my, that's my takeaway from this, that when things feel really bad right now, it might, you know, obviously there are situations where that's not true if you're feeling, if there's abuse or anything really horrible going on, definitely, you know, don't take, you know, don't follow this. But if you're just like really unhappy with your partner right now, I maybe you know, it might make sense to just kind of hold on a little bit just to see what, how, how you feel in a few months. I think that's really wise. And I like the fact that you do bring up that there is a huge financial cost because um, the show is called Money with Friends. There is a huge financial cost to divorce. And it is something that, of course, if in your heart, you know, you're, you know, this is something you have to do, of course, um, you know, do what's right for you. But, you know, these stats, they don't just represent heartbreak and disappointment. They're also another data point in economic damage during the coronavirus that it has caused. The newlywed stat was especially troubling. I mean, you talked about how fragile new relationships are. Um, relationships need time to mature. Um, they may have had a better shot had they not been newlyweds. My wish to all of those coming out on the other side, focus on creating a firm solo economic foundation for yourself. This means for the people that are newly single. Um, so you'll be much stronger heading into your next relationship and hopefully it won't be, um, with coronavirus as yet another thing, um, another obstacle to overcome. Liz, thank you so much for being part of this show. We're so looking forward to having you back again over the next few months. Um, and also the rocket years, everybody, please get a copy of this. Liz, tell us more quickly about the book because we didn't talk about it at the top of the show and where people can be in touch with you. 
Totally. It's called the rocket years, how your twenties launch the rest of your life. It's designed for people who are in their twenties, thinking about the decisions that they're making in that decade. But it's also for those of us who are not in our twenties and want to kind of reconnect with the, the ambitions and the passions we had when we were young and how they shape the life we now have. So it's really for people of lots of different ages. Um, you can pick it up on Amazon or at your local independent bookstore. Um, and you can also find me at Liz Segrin on all the socials on Instagram and on Twitter and come say hi. Definitely follow her. She has a great, great social media presence. And you can learn more about Liz and all of other, all of our other, I have marble mouth now, all of our other thought leaders for the current season on the moneywithfriendspodcast.com um, webpage. And also please be part of our surveys on our Instagram page at moneyfriendspod. That is also our handle on Twitter. And you can watch our behind the scenes tapings of our episodes on our YouTube page. Just go to YouTube and search for Money with Friends. Liz, thank you. We look forward to seeing you back in four weeks. Can't wait. Bye. Right. Bye everyone. This show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends, LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at Money Friends Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.